This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's Odds and End Zones, a podcast feature of MileHighReport.com. From props to parlays to totals and spreads, it's time to sweat it out. Here are your hosts, Ian St. Clair and Adam Malnati. Adam, Tim Patrick, and the Broncos got some devastating news earlier this week when he tore his Achilles. And now for the second year in a row, he is done with a season-ending injury in training camp. And it's just, as I said, it's devastating. Feel horrible for Tim Patrick. Um, We can get more into this later, but you start to wonder if this is the end of his career because it takes, it's going to be over a year before he can even get back on the field with a torn Achilles. And he was already on a knee that had a torn ACL. So I devastating for Tim Patrick. He's one of the great guys. We were excited to see what he could bring to this offense with Sean Payton, with Russell Wilson. And now they're once again, dealing with an offense with no Tim Patrick. Yeah. And it was interesting to see that this happened. Not interesting. And the word devastating is correct there, but we talked last show about Tim Patrick's impact and how he was going to have uh, a major impact on this season for the Denver Broncos offense and how he was going to be someone who could, uh, I, I suppose the, the word is sort of bring uh, some some life to this offense, right? Give Russell Wilson another option. He was someone going into last year's training camp that we believed was going to help Russell Wilson because they had seemingly had pretty good rapport. Um, we, we won't even get to see if that continues. Obviously, I, I think you're right. Uh, obviously, the news is devastating for him in this particular season and for the offense because uh, the offense is now going to have to find a way to replace him. And they and they will. That's what NFL teams do. NFL teams just keep just keep moving. Right. It's the the NFL and these teams, these franchises are. They're trains. They're cars in a train, and the train keeps moving, and it doesn't stop. And just because you're injured doesn't mean that the train can stop for you. And unfortunately for Tim Patrick, I think you're probably right, and we'll know more as uh, the season sort of moves on and we get news, but he he's probably done career-wise. He's older. I think he's, was he 30? So, you know, 30 years old with two devastating injuries in back-to-back years, very difficult to come back from. You may see him uh, continue to try for a, a couple more years afterwards, but this is a one-year thing, and at least, in fact, a lot of times it's one year to to recover, and then another six to six to twelve months to get back into playing shape. Achilles are are horrible. Uh, the uh, it was interesting. Lori actually mentioned this in our in our MHR Slack. ACLs, the research, the the procedures, everything that has become. Uh, I don't want to say sort of. Tommy John-esque, but it kind of feels Tommy John-esque. Well, you know, you're going to blow out your ACL at some point. You're just going to get ACL surgery. You'll be fine. The Achilles injury has not 
progressed in the same way as far as recovery goes. So you're really looking at probably 18 months for Tim Patrick, and that just does not bode well for a player in his 30s moving forward. So I, I feel awful for him. I feel bad for uh, him as far as his career goes. And then you look at the Broncos, and you and you know that they're going to have to make some moves. On top of that, you got the news of K.J. Hamler and uh, his – uh, heart condition that they discovered. And that sounds like it's something that's going to take care of itself. And, um, you know, he'll, he'll be able to get back out on the field, but you don't know when. And as we've said all along with KJ Hamler, the most important ability is availability and he doesn't have it. So who knows what's going to happen with him? The, the, the wide receiver core is, uh, has been where all the, the snakes have bitten so far, at least in, in the worst ways. And now what do Sean Payton, Joe Lombardi, and the Broncos do with receiver? Because now, clearly, there's going to be even more onus on Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, or uh, uh, Jerry Judy, rather, and Marvin Mims. But he has a hamstring issue. He dealt with a hamstring issue during uh, OTAs and minicamp. And now he's dealing with the hams- the, the other hamstring at the beginning of training camp. So there's another snake bit receiver. So hopefully Mims can get on the field, but who steps up now? Cause Hamler is not going to be in the equation. So is it Montreal, Washington, Jalen Virgil, Brandon Johnson? Is it Marquez Calloway? Is it Lil Jordan Humphrey? Uh, I just so, want to be able to say Lil Jordan Humphrey a lot this year. I don't care how it happens, but can we just, I love that name. It just Lil Jordan Humphrey. What a great, I'm sorry. I mean to cut you off, but what a great name. So there's a spot now, and there is a lot of talk of the Broncos moving Sutton or Judy. Good thing they didn't. <laughs> I mean, obviously, no one in the organization could have expected or thought of this. But as the old saying in the NFL and professional sports goes, next man up, and we'll see who steps up because no one did last year. We, I, I felt the biggest... The biggest miss on offense last year was was Tim Patrick. And I think I thought that was one of the biggest issues that Russell Wilson had because he developed a rapport with Tim Patrick through OTA's minicamp and the beginning of training camp before he got hurt. Now, I think they're in a better spot because you have Sean Payton instead of that doofus who's now with the Jets. And that will be a good segue here in a bit. But it'll be curious to see who of the receivers on the roster now steps up or if they go out and they find another one. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It's fluid, right? The, the, the fluidity of the situation is that there will be uh, moves made. There will be guys, you know, inserted into positions. And, and the, like I said, the train just keeps on chugging along and that's just what we'll see. You brought up a really interesting point to all this, the, the Peyton versus Hackett situation that popped up after Sean Payton's interview that uh, we talked about, uh, a little bit on the last show. Um, we did the sports betting angle. I don't know if we did the full interview that he did where he just unloaded. Correct. On yes. Hackett and the Bronco at the Bron- I mean, everyone. There there was no one who could take a, who, who was covered from the interview that he did with Jarrett Bell he, at USA. He spit Today. napalm all over the organization napalm not just the not just uh, you know a flamethrower but actual napalm and so 
you know, I, you know, a little Agent Orange, if you will, uh, for those of you who who might know. And we're talking about the Broncos, so why not? And and I want to start by saying this: um, Sean Payton wasn't wrong. There about any of it. about any of it. There was a a comically bad situation in Denver when Nathaniel Hackett was the head coach. Comically bad. We had TikTokers who had Russell Wilson in competition with his own house to see if he could throw more touchdowns than bathrooms that he had in his house. We had an entire stadium of fans counting down the play clock so that the offense knew they had to snap the ball. It was it was the laughing stock of the NFL. If you watched the Denver Broncos as much as we did, which was every week, and watched it through the pain, you saw the clown car scenario that was created by the mismanagement of that franchise primarily by the head coach there's no other place to point the finger you have to say that that's on Nathaniel Hackett you have to he was he was out of his depth now I'm not going to belittle the man I have no desire to to say he was uh, you know an idiot or whatever but the the fact is as a head coach he was bad at his job he did not do it in a way that made the team successful, and it was comically bad. Sean Payton came in, and you know, there's a talk of culture change. There's a talk of of taking a comically bad franchise and pushing it out of whatever that garbage was, whatever dumpster fire there was, and moving forward. And you can make the argument as as Nathaniel Hackett recently did that Sean Payton broke uh, the the bro code of NFL head coaches. Oh, he broke the code and said bad things. So what? Like I literally I and 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 the this is the first time I've been disappointed in Sean Payton. I'm disappointed he apologized. I'm disappointed he apologized. I would have preferred if he'd held George Payton up by the scruff of his neck and said, this guy screwed up last year and I'm here to fix it. And that guy who's in New York, who I can't, I can't grab by the scruff of the neck, who is now uh, hiding under Aaron Rodgers, you know, whatever aura or his, you know, sleep deprecation cave. I have no idea. He screwed up last year and this place was a garbage dumpster. Russell Wilson was awful last year. I'm here to fix it. I have no problem with that. I have a problem with him apologizing for saying it because it was something that I think Broncos country and and the rest of the NFL be damned. It was something that Broncos country needed. We needed someone to come in as an authoritative figure and say, yeah, that was unacceptable. This team has too much talent for that garbage and we're going to fix it. And he did. He said that. Did he hurt your feelings? Oh, did he hurt some feelings? Did he step on your toes? bunch of babies i'm so tired and roger's a b roger's a b he's a bitch keep my court keep my coach's name out of your mouth okay will smith what are you gonna do slap him because he made fun of your wife not having any hair i will say i agree with you wholeheartedly on not apologizing because now it takes away from the message that he was trying to send which is that he has this organization's back, that he's here to come in and basically be the Terminator and change everything up. Now that kind of gets lost because he had to walk it back. I love the fact that he held the organization accountable because nobody has over the last seven years. 
the main reason I was so happy Sean Payton spoke out is because he went after Joe Ellis. He didn't say his name, but he did. Joe Ellis is wholly responsible for the downtrodden dumpster fire mess this organization has been in. And this allows Joe Ellis to take some cover. I'm glad he held George uh, Greg Penner and Kerry Walton Penner and the other ownership group to task for the way they came in and was all hyping up Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. I'm glad he held George Payton accountable. Somebody needs to hold this organization accountable. It's been seven effing years that this organization has been dog shit. And someone finally had the temerity to speak the truth, and he walks it back. Yeah, I, uh, so it's interesting. I was I was uh, listening to Dan Patrick. I like to to get a feel for the national media, and I so I'll watch Dan Patrick's show, uh, which is on Peacock. I got free promo there, Danny boy. Um, I also like to watch Rich Eisen Roku channel. Free free promo for him as well. And interesting sort of uh, take on it that that Dan Patrick had this morning. This was in the morning here. Just heard it. He said he thought that he felt like. Sean Payton turned back into a commentator. He took a year off. He was on Fox TV. You know, he was doing the whole thing. Uh, and and he was being a commentator. He kind of fell back into that role. And that that was probably something he wouldn't have done if he had been still in the coaching world and not on TV and blah, blah, blah. And and to that, I say, who cares? I I, I, I would prefer if he commented on it. And, and, that's, and you're absolutely right. The apology... <sighs> The, the apology ruins it in a way. And, and it doesn't change the message. The message is still there and the message is true. And I don't think it changes how he feels about things. It's all about the how does it look to the, the rest of the NFL world and the fans and whatnot. And quite frankly, the original statements looked like the best thing in the world to me. And the apology looks like somebody took my delicious chocolate cake and put... Uh, you know, just dumped salt mayonnaise on, it, on and it. Mayonnaise. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, funnily enough, you mentioned mayonnaise. Uh, the Portillo's chocolate cake, which is a very famous chocolate cake here in the Chicagoland area, Portillo's famous restaurant. It's made with mayonnaise, and it's one of the best chocolate cakes I've ever had. I, I don't know how that works. So, but mayonnaise on the finished product would probably ruin it. Yes, and to to go to this code thing. I don't care about no stupid code. I don't care. Who cares? So he took some shots at Nathaniel Hackett. Is anyone going to disagree that it was one of the worst coaching performances in the history of the NFL? He literally did nothing by the time he was fired. He wasn't calling plays. He wasn't needed managing help the clock. with everything. I, I mean, he was literally doing nothing by the time he was finally fired. I mean, he is a doofus. Just the—I mean—the facial hair, really. I mean, it's, whatever. Ugh. But the the code. So what? And this this whole thing of well, I thought he was a commentator. I would rather have someone speak honestly than giving me bold Durham Crash Davis cliches, which is the ball all we get. <laughs> Sometimes it was it refreshing. It yeah. was a breath of fresh air. That's what I want. That's what Sean Payton brings. He brings that BD energy. 
Yeah, it, it was, uh, you know what? And, and we don't need to, to pound on it and pound on it because the other thing I will say here is I, I get a little fired up about it, but I do it cautiously because as we have said through this entire process, I, I, I'm not excited about the team. I'm not excited about where they're going. I'll get excited when I start seeing the addition to check marks in the win column. That's when I will start to get excited. So, uh, you know, Dan Graziano's notes on the Broncos training camp that came out recently that said there's a, you can tell there's a, a change in the culture. Well, every time a head coach takes over, there's a change in the culture, right? We would do culture change conversation, which eh, every time a new head coach takes over, you get conversations about how we're going to do things differently this year than we did last year. Well, obviously you're the new head coach. So, eh, all, all of that stuff, I kind of go, eh, meh, we'll see. We will see. And I, I, I hope we do. And I'm, I'm rooting for that, but I'm not going to get overly fired up and say, and this is exactly why the Broncos will make the playoffs. I, I don't know that I can say that. They're not, not connected. How do we No, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to talk about play, playayoffs, playoffs, playoffs. Not going to, and that ties into, that, that ties into something else. And it's a little bit of a deviation from the plan, but the whole trying to, to score wins and losses at training camp. Like people talking about the offensive line, maybe struggling the defensive line doing better. And it was a, it was a defensive win today. You mean at practice? We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Look, I got two of them today. Two rants. Russell Wilson maybe struggling at so you mean with a new offense? It's a okay. new system. Yeah. It's a new system. New guys along the offensive line. There's a feeling out process. What what is this need to score wins from an effing practice? Like so we can't actually do anything at practice now because Sean Payton's limited the coverage. So now we're going to go back to the Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon. Let's let's score who wins the day type BS instead of what's the growth asking Sean Payton and the coaches, how did you get better today? Where did you get better today? Where can you continue to improve? But that's too depth for these reporters in the Denver and Colorado market because it's all about clicks and an easy easy wins on social media for your for your videos that you do why not try to find the context behind all of this because that's too that's too much work that's too much work and and there's probably a, a feeling of of Sean Payton not really giving that much information out I, I mean we all know that Sean Payton's put a much tighter lid on things since arriving in Denver we don't have the same access in fact I find it I find it fascinating that one of the uh, most beloved, uh, recognizable voices from the Denver media, voices slash faces, uh, has been essentially silent since, since Sean Payton arrived, and that's Woody Page. We haven't heard from Woody Page at all. I, I mean, or very little to say, to say that, you know, He's been around, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got people who contact, but he's, and obviously Woody's old and 
he's kind of in the twilight of his career and he's more concerned about his national media stuff. And I, I don't even think he's doing uh, around the horn half as much as he used to, or even a third as much, but that was, that was a guy who, if he said it when Elway was there, when Joe Ellis was there, when Shanahan was there, that was, that was word is bond. When, when Woody page spoke and now Woody page ain't speaking and he's not talking. All his sources are gone. His sources are gone. And so it's a new day when it comes to media coverage. And and I'll bet there's a bit of a feeling out process for the media right now as well. Because, you know, Sean Payton has, has said, I'm not, I'm not telling you a thing. You get nothing from me. I was like, all right, well, we'll figure it out. Well, here, here I can get on my perch for a TED Talk. Oh, good. Put in the work. Earn his respect. Ask the questions that I just asked. How did you improve today? Where did you improve today? How can you continue to get better? Where can you continue to get better? Ask those questions to a guy who's from the Bill Parcells tree, who is solely wholeheartedly about football, loves football, loves teaching, loves coaching. You want to get him to open up and develop a relationship with you as a reporter? Ask those questions. Those are the questions that will earn you respect from the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Well, and he clearly now I'm off my Ted talk. <laughs> he clearly does uh, have some members of the media who he speaks to. Uh, I mean, the well, US, Jared Bell yeah, is Jared Bell. A long time. Yeah. I mean, well, and Colin Cowherd, he, for whatever reason, became a, uh, a Colin Cowherd disciple while at Fox. He and Colin Cowherd got along pretty well. So now I think he, you just said it. Oh, because Sean Payton was at Fox. That's right. He was at Fox. That's so Colin Cowherd is at Fox. Yeah. I can't imagine if Sean Payton is not at Fox that there is that connection with Colin Cowherd. Sure, it's Colin Cowherd. Fair. That's a fair. That's a fair assessment of the situation, but it doesn't change the fact that the situation that does, is true. Is still there. So I, I guess what we're you know what we're essentially saying is as we uh, have reached sort of the 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 days of mini camp or not mini camp but training camp. Uh, there's there's some stuff out there, but really we're the information we're getting is is limited, and the biggest stuff recently is the injuries, and so that's 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 or gambling or or gambling, and that is actually a, a nice little segue there because we do have to talk about the Awuzurike uh, situation, and and not just Awuzurike, but like the entire state of Iowa. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I might be heading to Iowa this weekend as we go do sort of our final summer, you know, trips before school starts for the kids and myself. What a bummer as a teacher. August is the worst. Uh, I, I don't want to get arrested while in Iowa for doing any illegal gambling. So I'm going to just not do any gambling at all while I'm there. Cause who knows? I have no, I don't want to get suspended. Well, just some advice. Don't, be like the Iowa state backup quarterback who's underage and then uses his parents to allegedly gamble on the team he's playing for. I I, I mean, really what, what the hell is going on in Iowa? But you mentioned a Ruzurike. He got suspended last week for betting on the NFL. It's a season long suspension for violating the NFL gambling policy. And we went into detail about the need for education and Sean Payton's comments about it. Well, the Des Moines register came out with what he was actually doing. He placed 32 bets on Broncos games and players from September through December in 2022. 
According to this report, which was first reported by the Des Moines Register, there is a sports gambling probe done by the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation for not only betting on two Iowa State football games he played in during the 2021 season, so he was doing this before he was even in Denver. He made 32 wagers, as we said, on Broncos players and games. But the report says Ruzarike bet on five Broncos games, including two he played in. The last is December 11th against the Kansas City Chiefs. That's, uh, well. And then he also did it against the Cardinals on December 18th. So in two games, December 11th, December 18th, he bet on the Broncos and had bets on the players. I, I mean... That, that's not just a season long thing. No. That's a you're out of the league thing. Yeah, maybe they'll take you in Canada or maybe or the USFL or the XFL. I mean, there's lots of other leagues, but uh, NFL Europe, even though it's not a thing, he might be able to go over there. I don't think so, because if it's still tied to the NFL, oh, it's that's, tied to the NFL, that's not going to work. So I'm I'm going to say your your, or is the Arena Football League still a thing? Do they still do stuff, or are they? Yep, it is. Okay, okay. well, you know, there's, there's, that's an option, I suppose. Although they're built on speed, and Wuzurike doesn't try, strike me as a, a speed guy, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna jump into that. I, you know, there's only so much education can do, and the, the conversation we had on the last show, I think, is, is one that is still relevant here. But in this situation where you've got uh, just, I mean, this is just sheer stupidity. This is, this is moronic beyond a level of moronicness that I think is, is comprehensible. I, I, I feel like a moron having moroned myself through this. It was so bad, but he's done. We will, we will yeah. never hear from him again, unless it's to say, you know, I'm sorry. And former, I'm, form, former, yeah, former Broncos player, former NFL player again of more betting, former NFL player accused now of betting on CFL games. He participated in like, I, I don't imagine that we will ever be hearing from this kid again. And I, you know what? A part of me I would feels say, bad. I, I hope, I, I hope he gets, I, I mean, if he's not in the league, there's nothing at, at issue here. And I, I think this raises a point on why there's legal gambling. He was caught because these are legal books that are regulated by the Iowa Division of Gaming or whatever it's called in Iowa. I, I'm trying to find it in the story here from the Des Moines Register. But the reason he was caught was because these were all done at legal regulated sports books. So it's the Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission that oversees and regulates sports betting in Iowa. So for all those who talk about offshore illegal books and licensed regulated books, this is why it matters. Because if this was an offshore book, an offshore book, harder I, harder to find. It's 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 harder because they're not regulated. Mm -hmm. So how are you going to find it? But aside from the point, I hope he gets the education and figures out and learns why it's an issue. He not only bet on Broncos games and players. He was also doing it while he was at Iowa state. So I, 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 it, I you, you, 
it, it, it's fascinating, but it, like I said, amen to legal regulated sports betting in this country to catch stuff like this. It's, it is important to note that particular side of it, that as, as we go in and we look at things and, and obviously one of the, the things that we try and do is look at odds and look at uh, different ways where you can maybe place a few bets and make some, and we haven't had a chance or an opportunity to really do some of that in the last few shows because there's not much to look at. Uh, the hall of fame game is this week. I, I guess I, what I would say is if you're betting on preseason football games, that's, that's a no for me, even though we're our, uh, a sports betting show, but I don't, I don't bet on preseason games. I won't do it. Just like I wouldn't the, bet on I, I will say baseball game or the, the one area you can bet preseason football is totals. That, that, that would be one area where you could look into it de- depending on what the number is. And if you find value or you know that obviously most of the starters are probably not going to play any of this game. So you can use that and see what the number is at DraftKings or whatever book that you're using. That that would be an area where you could bet preseason football. Correct. And and that and if you choose to do that, I do not I don't, you know, that's just not for me. But I also think it does come back to the idea of uh the the sports betting angle, as fun as it is, and it is purely for entertainment. That's one of the things that you have to make sure you remember. There are parts of it that get outside of the entertainment realm and can start to become uh, shady, seedy sort of, you know, a problem. And so you're absolutely right to bring up the fact that it's the regulation that makes it so that these kinds of things don't happen as often. And it allows for the NFL and Major League Baseball and the NBA and, and these other, you know, these sports organizations that are the NHL to have partnerships with groups like FanDuel and DraftKings and whatnot. But it still, I think, needs to be worked out uh, how they are going to use their relationship to ensure that you don't have players making these mistakes. Uh, obviously, uh, it's tough when they're not even in your league and they started doing it when they were in college because Iowa State apparently has like a whole sports gaming section of their football team. But that's not, that's not, that's not something you can control until they get into your house, essentially. And then to get into, we mentioned Iowa. So Hunter Deckers, the quarterback for Iowa State, is accused of placing 26 wagers on Iowa State sporting events, including the 2021 football game against Oklahoma State when he was a sophomore backup quarterback. The complaint alleges the DraftKings account controlled by Deckers completed approximately 366 mobile or online sports betting Sports bets totaling over $2,799. Now, if he was a sophomore, it's probably a safe bet he was underage. Yeah, you're sort of right on that edge, right? Because 21, I'm trying to remember. So, like, I was a a 21-year-old sophomore in college, but I also took a year off after graduating from high school and – I started, I graduated when I was 18. So I was an older sophomore, but if he's straight out of, uh, straight out of high school, which is what a lot of these kids do, then he's underage. If not, I guess we should probably, I, you know, figure that out before we start to talk about it. But I think I did hear that a lot of the bets he placed were underage bets. And the reason that his parents are involved and what are the parents doing here was because he was underage. So he was making these bets under one of his parents, uh, controlling the account or whatever. 
so he was 20 when he um is alleged to have made these bets at DraftKings. Yeah, you broke the law, big guy. Illegal. You broke the law, and so did your parents. What is what? <laughs> what? And and as we said, like you can deny the allegations, you can come out with a comment that strongly denies this, but as the story says, DraftKings knows who placed these bets. And if you tried to disguise your identity, that's fraud. Yeah, that's wire. I, that's actually fed. That's a federal offense. That's wire and mail fraud, which is something that you go to jail for. Uh, you, that is a that is a, a an offense that sends people to prison. So, uh, yeah. Whoopsie. And there's other Iowa State players who are alleged to placing bets and it's it is against ncaa policy to place wagers on any event at the school in which you participate let alone the team you're playing on so and and then uh, it came out today that the iowa kicker was placing bets so again what the hell is going on in iowa not a lot of not a lot to do in Iowa, I will say that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 